Hello and welcome to the Witch Hut. I'm your host, Chelsea Martinez, and I hope you're having a magical day. But even if you aren't, maybe spending some time in the Witch Hut will change that. So my original plan was to release a paranormal episode this time around. I had picked out a story that I wanted to cover, and I was very excited because when I was doing an initial search for information, I saw a lot of results. My excitement deflated once I actually started to do the research, however, because a lot of the results that I found were more or less all the same information, and quite a few of them actually referenced the exact same article as their main source. Unfortunately, that does happen from time to time, especially with paranormal stories. I really try very hard not to muddy the waters with my own speculation, and if I'm speculating, I will tell you that I'm having to fill in some gaps with my own semi-educated guesses. The problem that I wound up having is that, despite a pretty decent amount of search results, the actual information that I came across wasn't really enough to make into an entire episode without a lot of speculative theories from me. I'm not a journalist by anyone's definition, but it is important to me that the conversations I have about the paranormal or the supernatural or all the magical inexplicable stuff out there in the world are done with integrity. I think that a lot of people who are into these things are actually very rational people looking to explore the weirder side of life and hopefully find some answers, but the wilder theories are the ones that grow legs and run right to the staunch skeptics to be used as examples of how anyone who talks about ghosts is crazy. I'm not going to tell you which story it is because I will be covering it someday, but I think it'll have to be part of a set of stories. But as luck would have it, I had already written a script for a Lenormand lesson. I'd forgotten about it, but I found it again and I thought it was pretty good. So today I'm going to tell you about the basics of reading Lenormand. I thought that this week it would be fun to talk about Lenormand and give you enough information to get started reading. Tarot is the most popular system of divination, but it's not the only one and Lenormand is often overlooked. It's related to tarot in that they both have their origins in playing cards, but that's where they branch off from one another. Lenormand is said to be based on the cards used by Madame Marie Anne Lenormand, who is a highly sought after fortune teller in the early 19th century. The earliest surviving pack of Lenormand cards date back to about 1800 and is called the Game of Hope, with symbols based on the readings fortune tellers would do using coffee grounds. What started as a parlor game became a new system of divination. So what exactly is a deck of Lenormand cards? A deck has 36 cards, all with playing card associations. In theory, you can take the relevant 36 cards out of a regular pack of playing cards and use them for a Lenormand reading, and nothing would really be lost, since all you need is the meaning of the card, not the image you would use to interpret the meaning. When looking at Lenormand meanings, I can absolutely see how they may have come from coffee ground readings because of the symbols used. Things like birds, bears, stars, flowers, and so on, and the meanings of those symbols are very similar to what I have seen when studying Tassiomancy. I'm going to try not to make this entire thing overly focused on tarot, but I imagine that almost anyone listening to this has at the very least picked up a deck of tarot cards. So when I'm talking about why you might want to learn to read Lenormand, I also want to address that from a tarot perspective. So if you're possibly having trouble with tarot or you find 78 cards a little intimidating, I will say that Lenormand is a different reading experience entirely. And since it's only 36 cards with pretty straightforward meanings, it's relatively easy to learn. 
Lenormand. I used Lenormand a lot when working for a psychic hotline because a lot of the questions I would get are things that Lenormand is great at answering. You can use it for yes or no questions or questions that determine timing. It's also very good for getting specific details about a situation. I often feel that tarot works well to describe internal occurrences, emotions, spiritual influences, and so on. But Lenormand works well to describe external occurrences. What's going to happen with the person you just started dating, the job you applied for, or the house you want to sell. But before I get into how to read, let me go over a few things to pay attention to when picking a deck. Like I said, you can go ahead and pull out the relevant cards from a regular deck of playing cards, but there are more and more Lenormand decks coming out that you might want to choose from. My two most often used decks are the Gilded Reverie Lenormand and the Dreaming Way Lenormand, and I would highly recommend both of them. So when choosing a Lenormand deck, something that's very, very important to consider is the size of the cards. Playing cards size or smaller is ideal because you always read two or more cards and you may read all 36 cards in a spread so you want the cards to be small enough that you can lay them all out. The actual images on the cards don't matter. You don't use the image to interpret the reading. You use the title and its associated keywords. So the image is entirely a matter of taste. Ideally, you want the title, the card number, and the playing card key on the card as well so that you can read with any of those. A lot of modern decks also include cards to represent non-binary people along with the traditional man and woman cards. You'll also see an increasing number of decks with alternate versions of cards or additional cards that you can choose whether or not to use. Beginning is fairly easy and you can get started with a deck and a cheat sheet. I like the Cafe Lenormand website and Labyrinthos also has a Lenormand resource that's good and I'll link them both in the show notes. You will always read at least two cards. In Lenormand, instead of just reading the card itself, you're reading that card's relationship to the cards around it. That might sound a little complicated, but once you start, it's pretty simple, like constructing a sentence. The answer you get from a set of cards is usually a sentence that you piece together from the reading. Lenormand spreads are not like tarot spreads with specific meanings assigned to each placement, like past, present, or future. Lenormand spreads are grids and lines, and unlike tarot, you can't draw clarifying cards, so you will need to know how many cards are going to be in your reading before you begin. Choose a question that can be answered with a sentence. Yes or no is okay, and questions about timing are also okay. Let's start with reading two cards. Read left to right, like a sentence. The first card is the topic, and the second card tells you what's going on with the topic. And remember, you're reading words, so this can end up being very literal. This snake card can represent an actual snake, for example, but it can also represent snake-like objects like ropes or cords, along with its original meaning of someone who is duplicitous. The two cards I have pulled are anchor and ring. Anchor refers to reaching a goal. It refers to persistence and to something long-lasting. It also refers to safety and stability. Ring refers to commitments and contracts. It can also refer to marriage or agreements that tie you to another person. But it can also refer to going around in circles or predictability. But remember, Lenormand can be literal, so it can also refer to an actual ring or to jewelry. 
In this reading, you start with anchor, something that is long-lasting. And with ring, you find that what is long-lasting is the commitment that has been made. You can also see this as faithful predictability or possibly even high-quality, well-made jewelry. If I pulled this in a reading, I would see it as a positive indication for marriage if that was part of the question. I'll also have pictures of all the readings up on Instagram so you can see what they actually look like as you listen if that might help you. Let's move on to the three-card line. It's very similar to the two-card reading, but you have the option of making the subject the center card or the card furthest to the left. I personally prefer reading it as a longer version of the two-card reading with the subject on the left, but if you make the subject as a center, you can listen on to apply what I said about the five-card reading to this three-card line. So from the left, we have Lady, House, and Clover. Lady will refer to a woman or a feminine person and can represent the querent if they're a woman, the most significant woman in the querent's life, or the subject of the reading if they're a woman. Remember, you can also find decks with non-binary person cards, and personally, I don't think that Lenormand needs to be strictly gendered, although traditionally the cards are somewhat gender-specific. So the subject of this reading is a woman. House can refer to where you or the subject actually lives, so a house, apartment, so on. It also refers to all the domestic affairs that take place in the home, so interpersonal family relationships, finances with the home, and so on. The house card also refers to things that feel safe and familiar. And lastly, we have Clover, which is a lucky card. Clover usually refers to a little bit of short-term luck, like a pleasant surprise when things aren't going exactly as planned. Clover can also be the kind of luck that helps you win at gambling and can also be something that gives you a boost of optimism. So if all of this is taken together, we have a lady, her house, and something lucky. This could mean that this woman has some kind of domestic situation that benefits from a happy surprise. If she's having some questions about finances as they relate to the home, some unexpected money might come her way. She may also have questions about relationships with the people she lives with, and those may be benefited by a short burst of luck or something that makes things feel more optimistic. If I pulled this as a reading, I would see this as a woman who will find her domestic situation improved by some lucky event. The luck may be short-lived, but it can help put things on the right track to better days. Moving on to five cards. This is where I prefer to move the subject over to the center card instead of continuing on like I did with the three-card line and reading it as an even longer sentence. A five-card line is good for timing, where anything left of the center is before the event in question and anything to the right of the center is after. You can also use five cards to see the influence of a card increase or diminish based on its proximity to another card. Any card right next to another card will have a more significant influence and that will decrease as you move further away. Okay, so from the left, we have bouquet, snake, paths, also called choices, sun, and lastly, ring. But I would read this as paths as a subject because it's in the center with snake to the left and bouquet to the furthest left. Sun is on the right with ring as the furthest right. Having paths as a center card is also interesting and I didn't plan this. I drew each sample reading with the intention that it should be an interesting reading. But paths refers to choices to be made. So in this reading, you can see it as one option is on the left, and the other is on the right. Let's look at the left first. Immediately next to paths is snake, which refers to someone duplicitous or to some kind of betrayal. Snake can also refer to a woman with dark hair or who wears glasses, the so-called other woman in a love triangle, or someone who is intelligent, selfish, seductive, or malicious. Snake can also be a literal snake or snake-like objects. And even further left is bouquet, which can refer to a gift, 
to receiving admiration from others, to happiness or an invitation. It can also refer to actual flowers, and interestingly, it can refer to a young woman with dark hair. There are a lot of ways to interpret this. We can see this as a choice needing to be made. Perhaps one option is to choose someone sexy but deceitful, and that will get you admiration and social benefits. You can also see the progression of a young woman with dark hair receiving admiration and growing into someone who is taking part in deception and coming to a point where a choice has to be made. You can also see that the choice is more heavily influenced by the deceitful element than it is by the social benefits of making that choice. Let's move over to the right. Just to the right is sun and furthest right is ring. Sun refers to success, victory, and the word yes. It also represents high energy and is an extremely positive card. So anything it touches is also meant to be taken in a more positive way. We have already seen ring, so you know it represents commitment. If we see this as the other possible choice that can be made, it can be read to mean that a choice to say yes will end in commitment. You'll notice that this is a little more straightforward than the left side of the reading, and sometimes that can happen, especially with larger spreads. One combination may be a little more simple to read, especially once you have taken the entire rest of the reading into consideration. If I pulled this as a reading, I would see this as a choice to be made. One option is someone seductive, but possibly malicious, which will result and admiration from others. The other option is to say yes to someone or something else which will result in commitment. It would be important to consider that this social admiration would likely not last as long as the commitment. You can also see this as admiration which has led to this choice to be made between a sexy, malicious person and commitment to something else. In this reading, I would warn that choosing this seductive person will be unlikely to result in something that lasts very long, even if it is exciting. You can read as many cards in a line as you want. A four card line or six card line is also possible, although two, three, and five cards are more common. You can also stack lines on top of each other to determine timing, hidden influences, or whatever else you decide you need from your reading. But let's move on to the last spread, which is the nine card grid. It might sound like a lot, but it's not much more involved than a three card line once you get the hang of it. I really recommend checking out the Instagram post for this episode so that you can keep track of which cards are where. I read nine card grids as a series of three card lines. The center of the grid is your subject and your most important lines are center vertical and center horizontal. A grid like this is excellent for reading deeply into the situation and at the end of it, instead of coming away with a sentence, you'll wind up with a paragraph. I don't love this for answering simple questions. I prefer to use a nine card grid for situations that require a lot of investigation and insight. Our center card is mountain and center vertical from the top is bear, mountain, and cross. Center horizontal is fish, mountain, and garden. Upper left is anchor, lower left is sun. Upper right is ship, lower right is clover. Mountain refers to an obstacle or delay. It will slow you down until you overcome it or find a way around it. You may have to wait for it to pass if you cannot get around it. So let's start with the center vertical. Bear, mountain, and cross. Bear can be a mother figure, but it can also be a boss or trainer. Bear usually refers to someone with power, either physical power or someone in a position of authority. This can be someone overbearing or bossy. And cross is a burden or hardship. It can refer to grief or sorrow, but it can also refer to destiny. It can refer more literally to religion, a religious person, or a place of worship. I'm seeing this line to mean that a bossy or overbearing person will present an obstacle or delay you, and this will result in a burden or hardship. 
Center horizontal is fish, mountain, and garden. Fish refers to money, business, or abundance. It also has some ties to spirituality and to adventure. Garden is a social card and it refers to parties, to popularity, and to networking. It can also refer to a public persona or to meetings. Taking this as a line, I would read it as money being an obstacle to networking opportunities or financial constraints inhibiting your ability to build up your public persona. Left vertical is anchor, fish, and sun. I would read this as stability and money leading to success. If this is a reading for business person, I would take this to mean that stable business will lead to victory. Right vertical is ship, garden, and clover. Ship is travel, business carried out overseas, investing your all into one thing, and wealth from inheritance or commerce. Taking this as a line, I would see this as some overseas or international networking leading to a lucky break. The luck is short term, so don't count on it to last, but it can be used to boost you up. Upper horizontal is anchor, bear, and ship. I would see this as a well-established authority figure being involved in some kind of investment or international business dealing. Lower horizontal is sun, cross, and clover. As a line, I see this as victory being one's destiny, but to expect that it will not happen the way you may have planned. You can also read diagonal from the left or read corners and center in pairs. Anchor plus mountain might refer to a long-term obstacle or a long-lasting delay. Sun and mountain might mean an obstacle to victory. Mountain and ship could mean that whatever investment you're making will take a long time to pay off. And mountain and clover could mean that the way you overcome the obstacle could be based on lucky circumstances or it might happen in a way you don't expect. Another way to read pairs is with a technique called knighting. Knighting is basically moving in an L shape to find your other card to read with the first card. I don't always knight all the cards in a reading, but I will do this if I have specific questions about a card. So in this grid, the card that jumps out at me is Clover because I want to know what this lucky event or unexpected circumstance is. So I start at Clover and I go two over and one up and find fish. So maybe this indicates some unexpected money. I can also go up two and over one and find bear. So maybe this will be a powerful person doing a favor for the querent or otherwise working in their favor. If I want to know what this means, I can knight bear with sun. Maybe this powerful figure does grant the querent what they need. I also have questions about ship. Over two and down one leads me to fish. Maybe this could be a business trip. Down two and over one leads me to cross. Maybe an initial investment leads to hardship. Another way to make pairs is to read the corners with their diagonal counterparts. So you get anchor and clover, something stable, possibly benefited by a pleasant surprise. And you also get sun and ship. Whatever investment you're making will pay off in the end. This might sound like a lot of steps, but you don't have to do all of them. You can choose to read just the main six three card lines and skip knighting or pairing. These are just ways that you can read a nine card grid to get the information that you're seeking. Okay, so let's put all of this together. This reading is referring to obstacles. It seems like the querent has had their networking abilities hampered by financial concerns, and it also seems like there's a figure of authority that presents obstacles and delays. The querent's path to victory is through stability, and it seems like there might be some international opportunities for business, possibly a work trip that will lead positive results. There are difficulties to navigate, but also lucky circumstances and pleasant surprises. You can go beyond the nine card grid into as many 
many as you want or do a grand tableau reading with all 36 cards. I personally find that nine cards is the most that I like to work with and even if you're just getting started, a little bit of practice will make it easy enough to do. Now that we've gone over some basic ways to read Lenormand, let's talk about what you can actually do with Lenormand as part of your practice. I personally find Lenormand to be really good for answering everyday questions or to use as daily reading practice. If doing a daily tarot card pull doesn't seem to add much insight to your day, you might want to try doing a two or three card Lenormand reading and ending up with a sentence about how your day will go. You can also use Lenormand with tarot spreads, although you will have to be mindful of how many cards you have to use. To do this method, find your tarot spread and instead of choosing a single tarot card for each position, pull two Lenormand cards. This isn't my favorite way to read, but it can be helpful if you have a few questions you need answered about a single topic. I also really enjoy using tarot with Lenormand, especially if I need to learn more about a situation in order to figure out exactly what I want to do a tarot reading about. I use a nine card grid to investigate a situation and I use that information to decide what I want to focus my tarot reading on. Before I wrap up this lesson, let me leave you with some tips for making the most of your Lenormand journey. First, choose a deck that's small enough to allow you to do large readings if you want. The actual images are not super important but they should be images that allow you to easily identify each card. Obviously, picking a deck you like to look at will inspire you to read more. Second, set yourself up with a Lenormand journal. I say to include a quick reference of all the meanings written out and then dedicate a page or so to each card so that as you learn more about how it has come up in your readings, you can add that information to your journal. Third, if you're interested in developing your predictive talents or testing out your accuracy, Lenormand can be great for that since you can get very definitive answers. So make sure you record your readings and interpretations and don't be afraid to write follow-up entries. And lastly, try out new things. Lenormand is great because although there are lots of techniques and reading styles, the method for reading stays the same. You're always reading for the way the cards relate to each other. If you want to start with two cards and jump to a nine card spread, there's not a reason not to, and you don't have to use every single interpretive technique to get through the reading if that's not how you want to do it. So don't be afraid to push yourself. Ask yes or no questions, ask about timing, or ask about specific details and just see what comes up. I can't do a tarot reading for a Lenormand episode, right? So today I'm using the Dreaming Way Lenormand and this is a favorite of mine because it's pretty and it's quirky. It's a great size to read with and I wish that more publishers would make their Lenormand decks this size. Since Lenormand is usually meant to be more predictive, my intention for this reading is that it's good for demonstration purposes and not necessarily meant to answer a specific question. So I'm reading with the focus in mind that I want something interesting to talk about. I will lay out three cards. From the left, we have book, stars, and dog. Book usually refers to some kind of unknown information, and it can also refer to learning or education, and it can also be a literal book. For this question, because it's the subject of our reading, if you wanted to see it as an actual book, you could take the next two cards as descriptions of that book. Stars can represent your reputation since it refers to fame and reaching goals. There's also a message about hope that often comes with stars. It can also be actual stars or refer to something happening at night. And dog refers to friend, someone trustworthy, or it might refer to an actual dog or a person's pet. Can you hear Juno? Juno takes exception to the fact that the card referring to a pet is a dog and not a cat. 
So how would I read these together? Well, it could be about the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. It could be about a book that deals with pursuing a dream with a character that has a very close friend. And in this reading, I would say to pay attention to the friend. It could also be a guest book at a nighttime reception. I could also modernize the meaning to include a social media page. If this were a reading done with a real question in mind, it would be a lot easier to decide which interpretation to go with. So these are just examples. And stepping away from the more literal interpretations, you could also read this as there being a piece of information that you don't yet understand, but it improves your reputation amongst friends. You could also see this as maybe taking a class that gives a good impression to the people around you. If literary salons were still the norm, I would also say that this reading would fit that perfectly. And again, in a reading done with an actual question, it would probably be fairly obvious which interpretation would be the right one. And that brings us to the end of our time here in the Witch Hut. If you decide to take up Lenormand, I would love to hear about it. Keep up with the show on Instagram at the Witch Hut Pod and follow me at Chelsea the Witch for everything behind the scenes and into the beyond. I'll talk to you again soon. And until next time, live your most magical life and take good care of yourself.